0: This episode of the Cult Popture podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cult <laughs>
1: Welcome along to a very familiar episode of the Carl mm. Popshire Podcast. Familiar mm. because it's film franchise fortnights and we do this every two weeks. Yeah, uh, and so you know the, the format's pretty, pretty tried and true by this point. But if you're uh, if you're looking at your podcast feed and you see we're covering the Jurassic Park trilogy and you think hmm I remember them doing that before that's because we did it's the mm. it's around about the six-year anniversary of the podcast and mm-hmm. we we like to redo franchises every now and then and we I'm of course referring to myself Richard and I'm once again joined by Alexander Jones who is uh feeling a little bit better than he was last week I, I presume
0: uh, you're yeah, feeling a little bit better feeling a little bit better hey everyone um I had a super flu for all those that were worried that I had covid when Richard had to do a solo episode last week. Uh no no, I had the much cooler <laughs> super flu. I'm too cool too cool for covid. That's what yeah. I've been telling people. Um it was horrible, Richard. I've never been sicker in my life. It was insane. I was hallucinating. I I was like constantly like shivering for about two days straight, I could barely get a handle it's, on reality. And, and
1: who who diagnosed this as a superflu?
0: Um, my flatmate gave it to me, and then I found out there was there is a superflu going around. So I am doing a bit of guesswork. Right.
1: When you say superflu, is this like an actual medical term?
0: I think it is, isn't it? Like it's like superfood is a medical term, or a, you know, a scientific term.
1: Superman there's, is a medical
0: there's a there's there's a there's flu a, a, a superflu going around. Uh
1: there's a there's a band called Superflu apparently.
0: Oh yeah. Interesting. Mm. It's it's
1: well, uh, 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 it's also just called the Common Cold according to Google.
0: But a flu and a cold is something different, aren't yeah, they?
1: Yeah, but you know you Google Superflu and it says also called Common Cold.
0: I'm not trying to claim anything other than I had Other than I had bad. the
1: superflu and it was real <laughs> <weird>. <laughs>
0: Do you reckon there was a... No, like, if you had the flu, of, like,
1: I ate it worse. Like, that's... I just want you to yeah, know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's some kind of joke I think we can make at the start of this episode about the fact that we've done Jurassic Park before and the fact that dinosaurs are back after being extinct. Like, And this time like they that's, brought their dad. They're, 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 we're doing them, you know, we... we we we're so concerned with whether or not we should redo Jurassic mm. Park that we stopped to think about whether or not we, we could. could yeah <laughs> I, I also
1: do want to point out that i i had the much cooler um i just got a phone call on someone called me on messenger How horrible midway through Ooh. There. Craig Major, Craig Major pain <laughs> in my butt calling me in the middle of a podcast. Um, and now he's typing, presumably to say, sorry, there was a butt dial. But anyway, the, yeah, I, I, much cooler than I think your made up super flu. Um, I I actually had COVID this week as well.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, that's cool because the thing everyone has, yeah, that's way
1: cooler. Oh, it's cooler than just unique, making up my own sickness.
0: Unique, elegant. Um, <laughs> this, this, um, well, I, I, I actually had I, I actually
1: had super COVID.
0: Mm. Mm. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's actually COVID? a thing. Like, I'm pretty
1: sure. Like, uh, yeah, like my flatmate had it, and then I mm. uh, mentioned it, and yeah, nah like the doctors said it was super COVID. It was definitely super mm. COVID. Okay, which is crazy. My
0: flatmate who gave me the super flu actually had already had COVID, and he was like, "This is so much worse than COVID." And I'm assuming that means for every person in the world, and not just his specific <laughs> genetic makeup. So I'm claiming it.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, let's um, yeah, let's let's end this dick measuring contest and
0: <laughs> talk about another dick measuring co- contest. Mm.
1: Oh, no, but I uh, but contest uh, yeah, before. I do. So the this is our redux, as I as I mentioned at the start. And mm. yeah, we redo a franchise. We've done it for yeah, four years, three or four years now, and. Yeah, the the idea, I think, is like, this isn't like a go back and listen to the first time we did it and compare notes. I haven't re-listened mm. to Jurassic Park, the first one. Uh, this isn't a sequel to that podcast. It's effectively replacing it. And with a franchise yeah. like this, because I, I'm almost all... well. Of the franchises we've redone, most of them have been because there's been new entries in the franchise. And, I mean, Jurassic Park is is kind of a perfect one to do because the finale of the Jurassic era, they're calling it, has just come out. So, we're now able to do what, in theory, is a complete franchise, whereas last Mm. time we did it was before Fallen Kingdom had even come out. Yeah.
0: Much like the producers of Jurassic World, they're hoping you've forgotten about the original episode, uh, so mm-hmm. that you can look at this one with new, fresh yeah. eyes. So this is um, the
1: new definitive version. So don't you don't need to go back and and, also, and listen. And, and we're going to repeat ourselves because a lot of stuff would yeah. just come up. And it's been it's been what like. Five years since we covered that. I booted up yeah. my copy of Lego Jurassic World after getting into the Jurassic spirit. And then my save <laughs> file hadn't been touched since uh, almost exactly mm. five years ago. Well, it was five years ago. And it was the a few days after we released the <laughs> the previous episode when I mm. clearly was in a Jurassic spirit and then uh stopped <laughs> you got you got this bit episode. by
0: the bug mm. the the other significant thing is is that we're actually splitting jurassic the jurassic saga into two parts we're doing the jurassic park trilogy and then the jurassic world trilogy um there are a few reasons for this one primarily it is a new way to do to cover the franchise that mm. we can spend more time on each uh film and also Um, with being sick and various other things um, preventing us from going to see the new movie in the Mm. cinemas, Um, which is actually, I believe, out on digital by the time. Like,
1: as of today, yeah.
0: Ah oh, fantastic. I did not want to pay money to see Jurassic World Dominion, but we'll leave the Jurassic World chat till yeah, next you week. Fuck
1: up about Jurassic World, AJ. Fuck, <laughs> fuck
0: up? I haven't been told to fuck up in a long time.
1: <laughs> well, um, you've been needed to and it shows. Agreed,
0: agreed. <laughs> yeah.
1: Ty- yeah. Tyler braley just texted me and said, "Are you recording the Jurassic Park episode tonight?"
0: what is all these pe- no I, I, one's talking I'm to me
1: recording it right now
0: <laughs> lol so yeah we're going to be talking just about the first three films for this week um the much less planned and advanced trilogy but possibly the better trilogy uh interesting franchise in that respect mm. uh jurassic park because i think um in a in a world that is that is overwhelmed with franchises and sequels, enough to warrant at least one six six year old podcast about mm. them, um, I think that the the old chestnut goes that like oh the first one's the best one and then the mm. sequels suck. And like we've found in our coverage that that is not always the case. It's the best ones usually in the first half of the series, but mm. it's not always that the the returns are as diminishing as some people make them out to be. But this is a franchise. Where maybe that chestnut, that old chestnut, has more meaning. This is the
1: tree from which the chestnut fell. From
0: whence the chestnut came. <laughs> yeah. Like this is the this is a great example. Of spoilers for our controversial opinions of well, the Jurassic Park movies. Opinions. These the this is a franchise which has um a really strong first entry and then And then a lot of fun. <laughs> and the only other time this has really happened would be with Steven Spielberg's other um kickoff series, Jaws, where Oh I mean, are you gonna me. say Indiana
1: Jones, but
0: No no. Well, no, I feel like Indiana Jones the is the third one. The third one's the best. Is yeah, and even if you don't think that there's enough argument yeah. to be had. Whereas Jaws is Probably his most similar franchise to Jurassic Park as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and, and I think that's partially intentional as well on Spielberg's mm, part. But, uh, yeah. you, I mean, AJ, you, you keep talking about Jurassic Park, but you haven't told me what the bloody films are.
0: <laughs> well, you're seeing the episode. What have you got written down?
1: Well, well let me have a look here. Oh, they uh, just put on my glasses. <laughs> so we've got Jurassic Park, which came out in 1993, which, as you said, is directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, then we've got The Lost World, Um, Jurassic Park came out in 1997 directed by Steven Spielberg and then uh, we've got Jurassic Park 3 which came out in 2001 which was directed by his uh, non-union Mexican equivalent Senor Spielbergo (laughs) (laughs) that was a Simpsons joke Um, that was directed by Joe Johnston and uh, yeah then of course we have some more movies coming next week but we
0: won't tell you what those are yet (laughs) yep so, Alrighty. Jurassic let's, Park,
1: nineteen ninety three. What mm. is it about?
0: Jurassic Park, nineteen ninety three. For those who have never seen it, is of course about a paleontologist named Alan, Doctor Alan Grant, played by Sam Neil, New Zealand's own Sam mm, Neil, born in Ireland. Um, his, <laughs> his, him and his, yes. uh, GF, played by Laura Dern, who's a paleobotanist, mm-hmm. they're invited to come and sort of like put their stamp of approval on this new theme park that's been developed by this madman named John Hammond, um, called Jurassic Park. And what John Hammond has done is he's found mosquitoes from the Jurassic period or the dinosaur days that were frozen actually in Amber. not
1: from the Jurassic period. No Cretaceous kidding. period, I believe.
0: Ah oh. um, they they went and, and found- when asked
1: about why Michael Crichton, who wrote the novel, asked why he um like he, you know, had that incorrect. He was like, "Jurassic just sounded cooler." I I don't know. I don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Yep, so he finds these mosquitoes that, that basically feasted on dinosaur blood, and he's able to extract that blood and make clone dinosaurs, and so this park is rife with dinosaurs, and what could go wrong? Well, according to Jeff Goldblum's character, Dr. Ian Malcolm, who's a chaos-tician, uh, anything <laughs> that can will go wrong. Mm. So the monsters the the dinosaurs escape thanks to some um insider trading that's going Ooh. on between um the guy from Seinfeld and Dennis not Sein- not Jerry Seinfeld himself mind you not Jerry um, he wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to make some money um and so the dinosaurs are uh, have escaped and uh the 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 human characters are split up dr alan grant has to take care of a couple of little kids which he hates he hates kids some of them smell he says that's one of my favorite lines in this movie um and yeah and it's all about man versus nature can we Mm. is it right to play god this way or are we just standing on the shoulders of giants without doing of any of the work ourselves what happens when you when you take a 65 million year old species and put it next to humans you know who, who will wins win. who will win
1: yeah, it's a real David and Goliath story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Guy who who's in complete understanding of a David and Goliath story is like small thing versus big <laughs> <the> thing. <laughs> 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 like, because like thematically, the dinosaurs are the Davids in Jurassic Park as well. <laughs> like, if you think about it, they will they're like you know because goliath is a, i guess a like the, of, the
1: compies yeah
0: yeah i oh, sure but because <laughs> goliath is is the symbol of arrogance and obstructiveness you know mm. like and that's exactly what the humans are in, mm. in the jurassic park but
1: this time david wins <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so the, the the films is based on a novel Mm. Uh, called Jurassic Park, directed by uh, <laughs> directed by <what? laughs> uh written by Michael Crichton, who you also wrote Westworld, which was you know adapted into the to the TV Another show. Another
0: theme park based on exactly. a wacky concept.
1: Yeah, wacky theme park book. And <laughs> the
0: wacky theme park author.
1: Yeah, yeah, the wacky theme park guy. And so the before the book was even published the like the, the Michael Crichton had demanded a non-negotiable fee of 1.5 million for the film rights and each studio was like bidding for them with a director already attached kind of thing so uh, the 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 bidding war was Warner Brothers and Tim Burton, Columbia Pictures and Richard Donner and 20th Century Fox and Joe Dante uh, bid for the rights, but Universal acquired them with Spielberg. Um, apparently, uh, James Cameron said yeah, that he yeah. he really, he wanted them, but the, the bidding war ended like, you know, a few days before he found out about it or, or was able to get his bid mm. in. Uh, but he has since said Spielberg was the right choice because he would have made it a lot more like Alien or like Alien, the, you know, a lot more kind of-
0: A lot scarier. A lot
1: scarier. And he true. said, yeah, that, that it needed to be a, a film for kids and he- you know and Spielberg was the right person for that.
0: Let's talk about those other suggested directors mm. though richard Richard Donner makes sense, I think yeah, um Joe Dante, in a sense, I think he he has some Spielbergian traits well yeah the, would the,
1: have... the, 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 the scary but still- f- families
0: yeah exactly uh Tim Burton, holy shit, I did not know he was kind of mm. like in the in the running that very different movie, I think had Tim Burton. <laughs> Got his paws on it. Yeah, and
1: this is like same year as Me Before Christmas, which I know he didn't direct, but no, yeah. That's so this is like okay. he, yeah. So so yeah, very sort of different. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess the closest thing to this that Tim Burton's done would be the, um, the the Planet of the Apes reboot.
0: I guess so, and I guess that's not the Burton esque sort of curly whirly spirally monster movie that i'm envisioning his jurassic park would be but you never know like like i feel like a big part of spielberg uh spielberg's connection to the first film is all to do with like the the kind of breakthrough special effects that 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 were like yeah the yeah the trailblazed with jurassic park Mm. and so like
1: and then was later like the mask was advertised as like (laughs) using the team from jurassic park
0: um but yeah, I feel like that maybe wouldn't have happened with someone like Tim Burton, and you'd end up with probably like, I want to say, like stop motion. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, well, because like- it was a
1: lot of like industrial line magic was, mm. Um, mm. you know, really at the forefront of this thing. And I mean, you know, this is the one of the big talking points people still talk about Jurassic Park is that, is how the effects still hold up. And it's that mix of uh, animatronics and cgi and the the cgi was great for the time some of it has dated i'll admit Mm -hmm. and but yeah some of it that that i don't think
0: looks very great is when they first see the big brachiosaur yeah
1: the first like the big big reveal (laughs) shot doesn't look that great anymore yeah but yeah i mean a lot of the the really up close stuff is like obviously great oh and the the t-rex
0: breaking through the gate in the rain looks like Well, I like. I realized. I think I maybe realized this when we covered it last time. But watching that, I was like, "Never in my life have I considered that this isn't real." Like, I've mm. always bought in so deeply into mm. that scene. Didn't realize it was a movie. 100% real. Yeah, I thought it was actually happening. I, thought <laughs> I, I was thought in the car. It was happening
1: to me. You're like, how am I bone dry? <laughs> but it's raining <laughs> right over there. But speaking of of this, what what's your history with Jurassic Park?
0: Mm. So. Um, I must have seen the first one plenty of, first and second one plenty of times mm. as a kid. But somewhere in between the first two and the third one, I when I was like seven or eight, I suddenly decided that Sam Neill was my favorite actor. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, I remember my dad took me to see Jurassic Park 3 because I was obsessed with And you with were Sam dressed Neill. as Alan Grant. Yeah. Um, and, Had your Alan uh, Grant pajamas on. <laughs> and post seeing jurassic park 3 um almost second fiddle to back to the future jurassic park was quite a special mm. series for me i remember i had for, for years i don't know where it is now but for years i had the the trilogy pack on dvd and it was mm. in this boring basic gray <laughs> set it wasn't like a stylized pack at all i it's think i have the DVD. same thing
1: but on yeah bro, yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah um and i would watch them a lot i remember i i used to um i used to swear by the third one for a lot longer than i'd be comfortable admitting Uh um through high school but i mean the first one it's it's spielberg's best movie i think i think it's it's the i think it's yeah i think it's probably probably one of the greatest if not the greatest movies movie ever made like
1: <laughs> You're just just so like uncommittal with it. I think it's like it's not oh, no shut up it's probably like <laughs>
0: <laughs> i like, genuinely i think I think I was thinking about this today is like it looks so good, and the 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 combination of like family movie with scary stuff is mm. so uncommon now that it's yeah. and it's but it's such a good formula for a movie. Yeah. But on top of all of that as well, it's also just like a fantastic story. It's got fantastic character arcs in it. And more than that, it's intelligent. It's a really intelligent mm. movie um, in terms of what it's saying and, and what it does with its characters. Capitalism. And I think that that... <laughs> Is, what, that is part of it, I guess. I know it's like, just
1: funny, just like that's my entire contribution yeah, to the yeah, conversation. Capitalism. capitalism. Um,
0: I think that intelligence is is one of the crucial things that's missing from, I'll say, a lot of the sequels. Maybe not all. Of them.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. So i i i I would quite proudly state that <laughs> this is one of, if not the greatest films ever made. And I think that I mean, I mean, and it's it would be up against what, like Back to the Future. I would say would be in, in the mm-hmm. very same kind of thing. And I think that it makes sense that the greatest film of all time would probably be that kind of, like, genre of... That that, that film you watch when you're transitioning from kids' films to, like,
0: mm. adult
1: films. <laughs> um, that,
0: <laughs> oh. that
1: you know, just that kind of, like... It, that's something for everyone. Family films, essentially. And because, you know, you it, it makes sense to be... Like, oh, no, Inglourious Bastards is the greatest film of all time. But when it's not... <laughs> when it's for, like, a a more niche audience. It's yeah. Well, it's like, a good
0: question. Does the greatest film of all time need to be one that is accessible to everyone? Yeah.
1: And yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Jurassic park is, yeah, certainly, certainly a contender. I, when we did the, uh, the director project on, on YouTube mm. and I would make the little intro videos of the directors. And so I would watch like, you know, a bunch of videos about the director and a bunch of interviews with the director. And there was this really, really fascinating one. I watched, uh, with it was this, it was like a sixty minutes type thing where it was going around Steven Spielberg's like compound and and talking to him about all the, his different projects and it was more like a career retrospective kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they were talking to him about like, do you? Well, one of the things they said was that like you know people are now trying to aim for these like Spielberg sized hits and do you feel to blame for the death of cinema because they're spending so much money on all these original projects now and it's interesting that we have we're still in the same problem that like only these really big things are getting funded but it's no longer like in Spielberg's time it was like they were trying to find the next E.T. or Jaws you know but and he sort of said you know that's not my cross to bear that I made these big epic films and now everyone wants to to replicate that but a a large sort of point part and the whole tone of the interview was like how does it feel knowing that you haven't won a best director oscar you probably never will because you're so over the hill and how does it feel you know know, that your best work is behind you and now what have you got this interview was in 1992 a year later he released jurassic park and schindler's list and won best director for schindler's list
0: wow (laughs) And I want
1: so, a twist. Yeah. And so like to, to the, the idea that in nineteen ninety two Spielberg was talked about as like, how does it feel knowing that your career is over and that you're never gonna make anything good again? And then made the best film of all time <laughs> it and, and like twice. Made two of the best films of all time in the same year with mm. um yeah, it, it's 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 crazy. That
0: I'd also say Jurassic Park is like Spielberg's like best f- like b- boiled film. down. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's yeah. it's what makes him good in one movie instead of several. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and
1: yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. So for my history with Jurassic Park, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I I, rem- I was working at the warehouse at the time, so this would have been. Twenty when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Twenty eleven or twenty twelve. So I would have been you know nineteen, almost twenty, and mm-hmm. I was talking to someone, and and someone I remember talking to someone they couldn't believe I'd never seen Jurassic Park, and so I what? I, I hadn't seen it until I was yeah almost twenty, and they're like oh you know you got to support Sam Neill and all of a sudden I was like ah oh, you know just like I. I've just never gotten around to it. And like, yeah, I don't know. And I, I think it's one of those things that maybe as a child, I thought it w- it would be too scary. So I avoided it. And mm. then I think I just bought the, like the trilogy pack and just mm. thought, Oh, you know, I'll just watch the, the films and yeah, sat down and watched all three of them over the course of a weekend or a week or whatever. And fuck they're good, <laughs> fuck Jurassic Park's good. And, <laughs> Like, yeah, it is one of those things that it's just, I'm just fully real, you know, you you watch the film and you go like, oh, no, like, it's one of those films that absolutely lived up to the hype. And mm. yeah, it's, it's so rare for a film to actually do that, to really, really mm. live up to the hype and genuinely be one of the greatest films ever made. And to have that experience, you know, relatively late in in life as a
0: it's not often that that you and i both have the same sort of burning love for a movie and don't have the same basic experience of growing up with it like Mm. when we've talked about movies that we've loved well i mean we we have it with crash bandicoot yeah but there's a few other things Uh,
1: i like crash bandicoot more than you (laughs) (laughs) i think
0: i like crash bandicoot a bit more than you no because i messaged you the other day and i said to you um there's a scene when they're flying on the helicopter to Isla Nublar, mm. which is where Jurassic Park is being built, and um, the, the, and, and doctor or doctor? No, he's not yeah. a doctor. John Hammond is just a guy. He um, tells them to buckle up because they're about to land, and Alan Grant goes to grab his seatbelt, and he only has two buckles. He doesn't have mm. a plug and um, and so he can't find the other the other plug, so he just ties it together right that's it's a very incidental scene, which I think it's just supposed goes to, to be like
1: you. that they like even it's starting to already go wrong
0: yeah, yeah, yeah exactly um but uh years later, you know I'd seen probably seen the film a dozen times growing up um and then years later, when I'm on fucking nine gag or whatever <laughs> in two, 2011 yeah. i see a um and i think i read it on a cracked article actually mm. it's probably where i read it because that's where i read everything
1: yeah, yeah I was in from the this very yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, and it pointed out that the movie is about the theme of the movie. Well, one of the themes of the movie is life finds a way. Life will always life work uh, out. Finds a way. Ah, uh, finds a way. Um, and one of the things it points out is like a big a big plot, plot plot point in the movie is that the dinosaurs are all bred as females so that they can't mate. But because they used frog DNA to fill in some of the blanks. Ooh. Frogs. Some frogs have the ability to change their sex, and so you know they end up laying eggs in a single sex
1: environment. They can,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. um, and it pointed out that this scene at the start is is literally um a character takes a female end of a seatbelt and another female end of a seatbelt, and they won't go together, but he uh finds a way Mm. and ties them together, and it's a microcosm for what, yeah, because that's
1: essentially how lesbian sex works as well.
0: I've got a super flu. <laughs> 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 um, and I when I first read that, I was like wow blow my mind like it's crazy that all these years later i can still i'm still finding new things to love about this film and i mentioned to you how that like <laughs> blew my mind when i first read it and you're like oh yeah i'd seen that before i saw the movie <laughs> <Yeah>. so i <laughs> so I, you-
1: I i had seen that exact thing and like so many like because it was made into like memes and i remember like mm. you know those kind of things and seeing them on read it and it's just like oh in jurassic park alan grant has two female uh, you know, parts of of seat belts and ties them together because Alan Grant finds a way, and none of that made any sense to me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, why are you saying he finds a way? What's the relevance of that phrasing?
0: He's scrappy. That's his character. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs>
1: and then the whole thing of like, yeah, okay, and and then I was like, is this something that? Because the thing that I always wondered about it as well before I'd seen the movie is like, is this something that's like really subtle or like? you know it, but then watching the movie i was like no they make a point of showing you this is like is this a detail just people didn't notice for like 20 years after the movie mm. came out that this these lines of dialogue and you see him do this but it's like oh no, it's because because i didn't know the thing about the the um mm. they're all being bred female and then I was like, oh yeah, okay. So when I saw that scene, I was like, yeah, this is what's happening.
0: Right. It's almost like a dumb piece of IMDb trivia that like a character, f- there's a famous line in the movie, life finds a way, and the character finds a way to do something. And it's just like, storytelling is characters finding a way to do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't claim that as subtext. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but um, one also, one other like piece of media that I can I have read the Jurassic Park book as well. I read it um, oh. probably around the same time when I, Yes, I, I remember reading it backstage in the green room. So it was when I was still studying. It, it, Would have been twenty twelve ish, and it's a really We're good be doing a play book. of Jurassic Park. I wish so you're
0: <laughs> reading it in the green room. Who would who would you play in the play? Uh, Hammond. Ah, oh, very nice.
1: Yeah, I absolutely would. Be. I actually would play Hammond.
0: I, I'd be I'd be the fucking lawyer that gets fucking.
1: <laughs> I I think the.
0: No, the, I'd be Nidri. I want to be Nidri. That'd be a. <laughs> fun no, it's not about role. who you
1: want to be; it's who you get cast. <laughs>
0: okay. <as>. I, <laughs> then I am Nidri as well. <laughs> yeah. I um.
1: Yeah. I I think the the sort of roles I played, and also being one of the only people able to grow a beard, I would tend to give the older characters, and you know, dyeing my beard white or you know, whatever. I think that's the kind of character I would have played. But the it's a really good book, and it's a really it's really interesting the differences between. The two, and we'll, we might talk about it in Jurassic Park Three, but that Jurassic Park Three is essentially just the bits from the book that weren't adapted in the mm. first film, and yeah, the, the the ending of the book is is very different as well, and it created problems going into the Lost mm. World, and and I'll yeah, yeah. talk about that when we get to the Lost World, but yeah, the. So, so you liked the movie Dress Park? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really liked it, and re- You know, this is the first time I've I've watched it since we covered it for um the podcast back in mm. 2017. I want to say, and um, I just just seeing the like various pieces of storytelling and how everything wraps up. One thing I'd never noticed was how little jeff goldblum actually is in the movie Mm. after he gets knocked out because you remember because he's
1: the main character in the second one you remember like oh yeah he's a huge part of the franchise yeah
0: but he he basically is down for the count after the first big set piece Mm. and is just sitting shirtless on a table for most of the the rest of the movie but one thing speaking of nedry who's wayne knight's character i really love that Plot thread. I think mm. it's so. It's, it's so. It's, it's,
1: it was lost on me at a younger age that because you're just like oh, just disgruntled employee, but mm. the the way it actually sets up everything. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's great because the idea of there being like you know dirty deals from rival it's companies wanting to want wanting to um you know get in on the secret so of course there would be an and what i don't know what the espionage corporate espionage mm. i guess um going on so i think that's already a great element to include in it but the fact that nedry's actions is actually what causes the the security shut down at the park which which makes the the dinosaur lets the dinosaurs escape i think that's awesome and also the fact that as soon as he gets out he gets killed by the the frilled neck
1: yeah well well, the thing i love about about that 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 all ties back to nudry is that there's this it's it's hammond's catchphrase essentially is spared no expense that he keeps Mm. on going on about how you know we spared no expense to make this but he stiffed one of his employees. The, the whole reason Nedry's pissed off is because he's not being paid enough. And that's what sets the entire plot in motion is that yeah. John Hammond, you know, spent so much money on this thing, but because he sp- stiffed one guy, his paycheck, the entire thing crashed.
0: Yeah. It's great. And I think it's just, it's a, it's, it'd be very easy to make like the corporate espionage story carry through the whole plot but it basically gets them to the inciting incident and then he's killed mm. them off because we don't we don't need that story anymore and with a movie like this it's very important to know when your storylines are done so that you yeah. can continue yeah, on yeah. with the more exciting ones you know it is
1: it's interesting as well the the Nedry's death where he gets the the Dilophosaurus I want to say that has the the big like almost peak Frilled up neck. kind of like frills and spits of mm. venom both things invented for jurassic park there's this mm. they 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 the first uh set of bones found had like such weak jaw muscles that or like the the, the jaw bones what were, you mean
0: were, in in the history of in, 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 in
1: real life yeah that, right, right. The, the the first the, the jaw they found was like incomplete or something like that and so mm. they thought it must it it probably didn't hunt because its mouth wasn't actually strong enough to like bite things. And so Michael Crichton came up with the idea that maybe it spat venom to like, you know, wound its enemies and then so it could feast mm. on them. And then in the years since they've found more complete skeletons and no, it definitely has a strong enough jaw. And the frill thing I think was just completely invented as well.
0: Mm. Wow. There you go.
1: But yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's like was found later on after after the films and like the the most famous one being that the velociraptor the real velociraptor was only like two foot tall not even that but while filming jurassic park they what
0: (laughs) well how do you just make that mistake i guess is my question if you've got the skeletons can you not tell how big it is based on the skeleton well no
1: it's just that they wanted like a more imposing threat so they just they just lied about it and they they wanted raptors and something that behaved like a raptor but they wanted it to be this size so they but then while making the movie they discovered in utah the remains of a raptor that was almost identical to the one in the film it's called a utah raptor and so that's like yeah the the, the ones like seen in the film do probably or did probably somewhat exist but of course now we know a lot more about that the dinosaurs are probably covered in feathers and i think that's incorporated into jurassic world dominion and it's a little it's hinted at in jurassic world park three because they have mm. little feathers on their head, but then they, because they realize, oh, they probably had feathers, and so they just put a little tuft in there. But I think there's like a flashback in Dominion where you see actual dinosaurs. But the the book I think makes a uh, much more of a point of this is not what dinosaurs looked like. This is what mm. people think dinosaurs looked like. So we had to genetically engineer them to look like what people expect, and they make the point of. The, even the, you know, the fucking brachiosaurus and all these like, or apatosauruses or whatever, that these big hulking ones that move like super slowly and carefully that in real life, they probably moved a lot faster, but they made them be more docile because that's what people expect to see. And so things about like, oh, actually this didn't look like this. It's like, well, they made it because, you know, because of uh, yeah. dinosaur fiction, you thought it looked like this.
0: And and it, that all of that is encompassed in one line of dialogue in Jurassic World, I believe. Yeah, yeah. They they're made to look a certain way. Yeah. Um I I really love um the the scene from where the power shuts off and the T the Rex escaping, basically. Mm. That scene right up until they the Alan Grant and, and um Tim and um Lex. What's her name? lex they're sleeping in the tree together after escaping that whole thing is just such a perfect sequence Mm. of of movie like it's so unrelentlessly exciting and it's over an hour into the film as
1: well like that's crazy it feels like it's it's straight start of the movie (laughs) it's 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 such a fucking well-paced movie yeah and like this is this is something pacing is one of those hard things it's it's hard to describe, but it's like you know it when you see it. Or you know good pacing when you see it. Like if you can't mm. tell the passage of time in a movie, that's good pacing. Mm. And yeah, just the the whole movie is just such a breeze to watch. It's mm. you everything flows so well onto the next thing that once you start a little bit, of, you know the flipping through channels kind of movie where if you see part of Jurassic Park, you just have to watch the whole thing because it's so good.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, sorry, really love that scene and I love the, the kids running away from the raptors in the kitchen. I think what's great mm. about that is that you've a, you've built up the whole movie that raptors are like the big bads, you know, the, mm. the raptors are the villains of the first film, mm. basically. Um and then you pit them against like the kids, the children. Mm. And I think that's the such real a perfectly of the film. De- <laughs> I think I think that's such a perfectly designed moment because it's like as a kid watching it, you know, like this is the worst thing you could see is now they're <laughs> after the the, the characters that you've probably seen yourself in you know um and so i think that's really well done and i think it's really they they look incredible they're so scary have you seen the um the like stop motion version of that scene
1: oh uh, years ago i think yeah it's
0: it's really interesting because it is like shot for shot the same Hmm. so it's really interesting to see i guess when you're working with visual effects you just really need to get exactly what you need down before you shoot it um but yeah, that's, that's a really cool scene. i recommend people watch that if they're interested. It was made by Phil Tippett, who mm. hilariously is credited in this film as dinosaur supervisor <laughs> and was the subject of a meme a few years back. People were like, you had one job, Phil. <laughs> but Phil Tippett has actually gone on to just release a film called Mad God, which I'm dying to see. It looks insane. Oh, All really? right. Um, so check that out. Um. But yeah.
1: Yeah, the um, Mad God, interesting. Oh, exclusively on Shudder. <laughs> that's mm, a that's, the, that's a red flag. But yeah. it, if
0: you watch the trailer, it looks insane.
1: Um, but yeah, uh, uh, talking about the kids as well, interesting change from the books is that the age and interests of the kids was flipped. And, and the in the book, mm. Lex is the younger one, and Tim is older and into computers. And essentially, they just completely swap the characters. The reason Spielberg did that is the younger actor who plays Tim, he had just he auditioned for a role in Hook and didn't get it, but then was promised that because also hook was um spielberg's previous film as well in 1991 oh, well. which you know very much was the like uh, spielberg's probably done <laughs> but the yeah and so he wanted to give a role to this kid and then he also and i'm interested if you pick up on this is that what the reason he made the girl older is that he so he could uh emphasize or add the subplot of her having a crush on alan grant
0: no I, I, if anything tim has the crush on alan grant <laughs>
1: yeah but yeah, yeah, I didn't didn't pick up on that at all. Interestingly, um, the the internet was broken recently oh. when uh, it was revealed that Laura Dern was only twenty three in this film. She plays Ellie Sattler. Oh damn! Of course. And uh, our Sam Neill was forty five, and Jeff Goldblum was forty. What do you what do you think of it?
0: I would argue, like, obviously, this is a this is a much larger problem than Jurassic Park, but like i don't think the character is 23
1: yeah
0: that's my i think the characters are like mid to late 30s like
1: yeah she 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 looks a lot more mature she looks like bo burnham bo burnham <laughs> <laughs> all his life has been getting told that he looks like laura dern only and like specifically in jurassic park
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow uh that's right yeah no that that's crazy that they're that that she's that much younger than everyone because yeah
1: yeah they, they 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 look like i mean you know apologies to laura dear but they look like the same age she's just
0: she's just a she's she's got a very specific older look the way she, about the way her, she dresses
1: and holds herself and everything as well yeah hmm. um i i want to talk about i i think i mentioned this on the first episode but i want to talk about it again that my my favorite scene from jurassic park is a scene from the book which is not in the the film and, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just just sort of briefly talk about my experience of the book one is that you mentioned Dennis Nedry um mm. Wayne Knight's character his death in the book is one of the it's probably the only time I've ever been scared reading a book and right. I, I like the I I find the idea of being scared of a book so insane but it's only happened to me once and it's the, the way his, his death is described that it's like he gets blinded with this venom and then he can't see what's going on, but he can feel himself being eaten is like the way it's written is is terrifying. Mm. But my favorite scene in the book is, so in the movie, the way that they find out that the dinosaurs have been breeding is when they're separated, they, it's Alan Grant just and the, and the kids find some eggs and they go, oh, I guess they must've been breeding then. And they go, how hey, about, they they said they're all girls. And he's like, oh yeah, actually like some bullfrogs can, you know, in a, in a single sex environment can, can, in the book, the way you find out that the animals have been breeding is that they have this program that scans the track or like, or it scans the, the island every hour or so to show how many dinosaurs there are. And so, you know, I'll say it's got, we got, you got, two T-Rexes one of this and um and it was like 22,000 what or like 2000 compies the little the really small ones and then one of and so it, it keeps scanning and does this and then one of the characters says like oh I saw some compies over and on this part of the island and they're like ah uh, no you didn't you can't have because they're all over here and they go oh okay so how many how many compies have you got on the island? Like, yeah, 2000 it's scanning for them. And they go, are you scanning how many compies there are? or Are you checking to see if there's the amount you think there is? And they said, well, you know, the, the, the program runs faster if we just, because they're obviously not going to breed. So we scan for 2000 compies and we see, is there 2000 compies? That's how we find out if any of them have died. And they said, okay, well, what happens if you scan for 2001 compies? And they're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, let's try it. And then they, they scan it. And they find there's 2001 copies and they're like, well, this is impossible because they, they, they would have had to have bred to, to make new ones. Mm. And then they go, okay, well, why don't you then try scanning to just see how many dinosaurs there are on the Island. And then they just run an open ended scan and find out that like, yeah, there is like 20,000 copies on the Island <laughs> and there's like, and all the dinosaurs, there's so many more than they thought. And I was, I was it's, it's it's like the way that fault it, it it you know unfolds in the book. Mm. It's just so well done, and that was always, that was like my favorite part of the book. And it was the one thing reading the book that I was like, I wish this was in the movie.
0: I think it it doesn't it's not, it's not as filmic. I think yeah. maybe.
1: Yeah, 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 sure. Mm. But I, like the idea, you know, just seeing the screen and then like the number like tick up one. I can imagine that being
0: true. You know, yeah, yeah.
1: being um being cool. But the the other the 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 big change and are you. Are you sort of done with Jurassic Park, ready to move on, do you think?
0: I guess so. What did it get on Rotten Tomatoes?
1: Oh yeah, what do you think?
0: 98. Oh, 92. Ah. Who the hell didn't like this movie? I know, right? What a wrong side of history.
1: (laughs) Oh, how long do you think dinosaurs appear in the film for?
0: Uh, 17 minutes. 15 minutes. Yeah, something crazy like that. <laughs> uh,
1: so, dumb IMDB trivia, um, and then I'll get on to the, to the transition. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Laura Dern's reaction to seeing the Velociraptor in the maintenance shed was genuine. It was the first time she actually saw it. So, the fear on her face is not actually acting. It's actually real. <laughs> 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 um, and... Then uh, two next to each other pieces of trivia. One of the two movies in 1993 in which Laura Dern co-starred with a veteran actor and director. The other movie was A Perfect World in which Dern co-starred with Clint Eastwood. And then one of two 1993 releases in which Laura Dern has had a young co-star, Joseph Mazzello, in this movie. The other young co-star of Dern's was T.J. Lowther in A Perfect World. <laughs> but um, but yeah, essentially, your Richard Edinburgh is a famous director as well he beat steven spielberg for the best director oscar for uh a uh, gandhi beat um et in 1982
0: oh, and he's he plays john hammond and he plays john
1: hammond yeah and he's yeah. uh david amber's brother
0: yeah 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 john, he's, john hammond he's so is so good in this in he's this. so good the, the actor's so good the character is like just such a brilliant design to mm. to put like like you know he's essentially like almost the, the villain of the series and like certain characters really don't like him but mm. he's never you know doesn't go to jail or anything yeah. and i think um there's a shakespearean quality to him mm. being like king uh, leah my, my my empire is is a, my, my dinosaur empire that falls apart and he nearly loses um what he what he holds most dear yeah, like king and Lear. then even going going forward in the sequels well, in the first sequel he's still kind of mm. like doesn't really learn his lesson and i think that um i think because he dies in the novel correct
1: uh yes in, in the novel he's very much like a a ruthless businessman like mm. evil sort of type mm. and that was a uh sort of last minute change and i think spielberg uh reading the book he despite the fact that Hammond's clearly like evil in the book and acts evilly he um Spielberg sort of resonated with that his obsession with uh spectacle and so I think made the character a bit more relatable it's such a a great character choice because it's like, yeah, what are you, you, they have this big debate at the, at the table and yeah, there's the whole argument of like, you know, is he, is he wrong? Is he right? And yeah, in the book, he falls down a cliff and then gets the Compi death from the, from the second film, which is like the Mm. the copies, like the tiny little dinosaurs and Mm. they just pick at him. And it's, and it's a very satisfying in the novel. It's a very satisfying, like getting killed in the most, like, having you know these these animals that you underestimated tearing you apart Mm. and because of your own hubris
0: i wonder if there it would have been still appropriate to kill him off even this version of the Mm. character well it would have been more
1: like a sacrifice like i'll stay behind the island because i have to turn the switch to get you guys off it but but be... even
0: if he still has like a a, a gory death that's the result mm. of his own hubris i think the fact that you've made him more relatable is probably more true it to makes life. it
1: scarier as well yeah
0: yeah exactly so i, I do I've, I've always thought it was interesting mm. how many characters actually make it out of jurassic park alive because yeah. actually there's actually very low body count mm. as we'll find out in the next film yeah
1: it, it is interesting that i yeah, I was talking to you this week. That I think if someone were to read Jurassic Park, the book, and today, and, and decide to, you know, the, the series didn't exist and decided to adapt it, I think they would have leant more into how Evil Hammond is because you would read it and you would go, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos sort of character that it's like this ruthless mm. billionaire who, and, and, and they'd probably take away any humanity because, you know, you, you don't want to... I mean, it would depend on who's adapting it, but you wouldn't want to sympathise with these kind of characters.
0: Would it be fellow billionaire Steven Spielberg director? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think, I think that's still valid, though. That's still a valid interpretation of the character, and I think they're like...
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that's just we got a more interesting one because... Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, 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 the Lost World, Jurassic Park, came out four years later and is adapted from the sequel to... Jurassic Park, which was again written by Michael Crichton, and Spielberg asked Michael Crichton to write a second novel so that he could adapt a second film. So strange. Such a strange workaround. (laughs) And the the interesting thing is that uh, Ian Malcolm dies in the first book as well. How does
0: he die in the first book?
1: I remember he's looking up at a skylight and dies and it, 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 it's it's like succumbing to wounds later on. I think it's, it might just be he's wounded in the same way, but then just dies Malcolm because is of it. said
0: to have died of his injuries, he
1: yeah. Um. So it's like the same injuries he gets in the movies, I it's guess. It's the
0: only result on when you Google how does Ian Malcolm die in the book, it's one result. And it's from Ultimate Pop Culture Wiki. Oh, no, sorry. For some reason, maybe G- it's just the. Google's being weird of the at the page. moment. It was. Oh, uh, view all. So, no, that's images. Uh, there are multiple pages. Okay, I went back and now it's right. Okay, um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> very but confused. So by that. yeah, it's this interesting thing where he dies in the book, and then Spielberg was like, "Everyone loved Ian Malcolm or Jeff Goldblum's Ian Malcolm specifically." Can you write a sequel where he comes back? And but the other thing that that was really written into a corner because the, the, the Ian Malcolm things like it's somewhat known. But the other thing that that like no one really talks about is the whole reason we have a site B. Which is what the the almost the rest, well, a lot of the rest of the franchise like hinges on the fact that there was these two islands. Is that they fucking napalm the island Nubla in the book of the first one, so they couldn't go back and be like, oh yeah, not all the animals were killed with the napalm, so they just said yeah, yeah, there's a second island in the book. But then when making the movie, they still kept the second island thing, so. 'Cause watching the movie I was always so confused as to why we needed two islands in the films. Mm. And it's I like, I guess it makes sense. They bred them on Isla Sauna. I say Isla, but in, in the movies they I say. I feel Isla. like they say Isla, which is yeah.
0: less correct, but I uh,
1: but yeah, on Isla Sauna, they bred them there and then would move them to Isla Nubla, which would be the where the park at the attraction is. But um mm. but yeah, there's there's a, there's Essentially, I think the film the book ends with there's like a scene where they go into the Raptor caves because they need to count the eggs to see if any had gotten off the island. And so there's a really tense thing where they go in and it's like this, uh, we've got we've we've got this far, we have to do this to see if so they you know just get out and they I think they realize that the Raptors probably did get off the island and then yeah they they get helicoptered out as they drop napalm on the island.
0: It's interesting that the book almost sounds like it's a far less um, sympathetic narrative to the movie. Because the movies, especially, you know, for better or worse going forward, have this idea that the dinosaurs, now that they're here, we can't just kill them off. Um, Which, yeah,
1: especially, like, to to a stupid extent. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, And... Yeah, so that's uh, I I do I think I agree that it's strange that they have a second island for no narrative reason in the second film, but I'm glad they didn't napalm as oh, the yeah. new blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: yeah, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Um what's it about? Again directed by Steven Spielberg.
0: Fifty three percent on tomatoes That is, correct. is that correct. So uh uh quite the Quite the the Hammondian fall from grace. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one is, as we say, it's about. There's a second island is La um, where the dinosaurs were bred. And um, Ian Malcolm, who uh, is back, you know they they demanded this. <laughs> well, character be, back. <laughs> be, re, yeah, be retconned so that he could come back, um, and so he's back. But he's he's, and it's such a specific character in the first film. Mm. In fact, he's actually. I'd say he's more like Jeff Goldblum is in real life in the first film, mm. and you say like, "Well, Jeff Goldblum's back." It's like maybe Ian Malcolm's back. Maybe mm, Jeff Goldblum's right, yeah. the one Jeff that's Goldblum been left. Yeah, I mean, it, it <laughs> is
1: like you could argue that there's like a PTSD element, but it's like mm, yeah. go into that more, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he agrees basically to go to the second island because his girlfriend is there and she is taking photos of the dinosaurs and there's sort of this preservation idea that john hammond is um you know sort of getting behind um again presented as a much more sympathetic character than he probably deserves (laughs) in this film um uh but while they're there uh the ingen who's the company behind jurassic park um turn up in sort of this militarized mm. uh, fashion. Um, and what are they trying to do? They're trying to, oh, they're trying to get the dinosaurs yeah. to take them to a San Diego Jurassic park. Yeah. Um, they, where they want
1: yeah, a T-Rex to be.
0: The, yeah. The, yeah. The idea being that like, why pay thousands of dollars to fly to Costa Rica when you can pay thousands of dollars dinosaurs. to fly to San Diego. <laughs> yeah. See it in, in your backyard. Um, <clears throat> And so, yeah, that's that is the that's the the setup. There's um a lot of really good scenes, a lot of really exciting scenes. Um, so Jeff Goldblum's in Malcolm's there. Sarah Harding, who's played by Julianne Moore, is there. Um, Vince Vaughn, no, yeah, Vince yeah. Vaughn's there as a character named Nick. There's a guy named Eddie. Uh, uh, Ian Malcolm's daughter is there she sneaks upon the the boat mm. and manages to get there um Pete Postlethwaite plays a big game hunter mm. whose only fee for sort of guiding the engine soldiers is that he wants to hunt a T-Rex mm. buck Roland um, Timbo <laughs> it's like, it it, it's one of those
1: like it's such a specific character name for like a name you yeah, don't yeah. even really hear in the film
0: yeah yeah um and then all of this culminates in the in guys bringing a t-rex back to san diego where it briefly escapes before being captured by the good guys who use its child as as mm. bait and it's sent back to isla sauna um hey look a lot of, lot of good stuff in this movie a <laughs> lot of good stuff in this movie enough to feel very complex about it i think mm. um my main memory of this was when i lived in wellington when i was mm, four years old mm, it was very windy i was four years old i lived in wellington for a year and um, we had, our house had a rumpus room something <laughs> i've never had since <laughs> like just a room downstairs that you could go and play in yeah um, but it would only be there sometimes like the simpsons one yeah yeah um and we had a bunch of posters i mean we had like a batman and robin poster up and very cool um and we had a lost world jurassic park poster do you know what the poster is for this movie
1: yeah it's very similar to the first one but it's got like greenery and shit on it
0: So it does have greenery, but up the top, there's a gap in the greenery and there's a T Rex eye staring down Mm. at you, the viewer. And uh, my parents had to put tape over the eye because I was too scared to go into the rumpus (laughs) room. The the eye was staring down at me. Um, And, you know, I I talked before about how, like, I sort of got gradually more into Jurassic Park a little bit later. um, And I always felt that i always struggle with this one i feel like maybe i don't struggle for the same reason with it i mean there's a real stupid scene which we could maybe talk about but like <laughs> for what a lot of people i think probably consider to be the best part of the movie i think the image of a t-rex wandering around san diego i always thought that was real stupid like i, I don't uh, you yeah, know like i, th- I think that's
1: generally considered to be the worst part is of is it movie. okay yeah.
0: i i could so see someone being like well it's you know it's the new thing that the mm. movie brings to the series. I, I always thought that was, that just looked real stupid and I think um I see I'm the opposite I, I think I it's
1: do- a cool image to see a T Rex in the middle of San Diego. I think this the whole bit is stupid. But if you just showed me a picture of a T Rex in the middle of San Diego, I'd be like, a cool <laughs> it's a cool picture. It's a cool picture. I image. guess
0: like I guess I understand the need to want to take the series in new directions, something that none of the sequels do uh, beyond this. But like I I guess like well, the so far. the degree yeah, the the degree to which my imagination runs wild seeing a T. Rex in suburbia, I don't like it. I like yeah. it's it's better being, yeah. it's better that we've gone to them. I think yeah. it is it's more compelling. Um,
1: that 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 scene was originally uh, devised for a third film, uh, but mm. Spielberg thought, oh, "I'm probably not going to do a third film. Let's just put it in this one."
0: <laughs> and it does feel like that. It feels like it's this weird. It's, it's, it's
1: a tacked on, like because the thing is, and this is probably something I knew beforehand. I think from my seen it board game, which had a uh, a DVD accompanying it, that I knew that in the Lost World, Jurassic Park, there's a dinosaur mm-hmm. in San Diego, and I assumed that's the whole film. And so I was quite shocked to get almost two hours into a two hour and ten minute film, and. Mm. They haven't the dinosaur hasn't gone to San Diego yet.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. My th- I think the best thing I can say about this film is I I do think it's a good idea to have Ian Malcolm be the main character. I think that's mm. really cool. Um, you know, whether or not the characterization was consistent. Um, but the scene where they are hanging off the cliff in the mm. the, the the truck thing. It's as, and, as good as anything um, in the first one. It's I it's probably my favorite scene, I think, in that's the series. Insane. Like that's insane. I think, <laughs> you were just like you're like yeah, it's probably as good as anything in the first one, and then I like yeah, see, I, I agree. agree. No, God, no. I <laughs> would also. Um, I
1: can take you this far, but I can I can go with you no further. I
0: think it's so exciting when Julianne Moore falls down on the glass pane directly. And you're like, and- oh, sh-
1: they're finally getting rid of this character.
0: <laughs> no, I just I think Her it's so exciting. Sucks, though, to well, let me talk about the one good thing in the movie before right. we talk about the bad stuff, please so i think that it's just (laughs) it's (laughs) it's really exciting and it's and it's like the bit where they're hanging off uh, and they're holding on to the to the rope that eddie's fed down to them and the whole thing falls off like it's just such a great enduring image and one of the things i like about it the most is that um it's not about dinosaurs it's a separate plight it's it's caused by dinosaurs being around, but it's not them trying right. to outrun a dinosaur. And I think that's a real fun thing to put in mm. your dinosaur movie. It's like how the best zombie movies, the zombies aren't the main threat. You know, it's yeah, the, yeah. it's human it's, characters it's that pre- that present more of a threat. And so I I just really love that scene. I think that's that's so exciting. I think
1: something that. I, i'm and i've i've got this from you and it's something that i repeat quite a lot but so there's there's a and i think it's like the this is the perfect movie is it superflu
0: like is that what you got from me <laughs>
1: uh, no well no it's not real um <laughs>
0: <laughs> neither's dinosaurs dinosaurs aren't oh, anyway.
1: real the um anyway, the, the thing is and you'll be able to tell me who this is but there, there's this idea of that a good film is a film with three good scenes and no bad ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who said that? Who was it? That said that Howard then? Hawks, Howard Hughes. So he <laughs> said <laughs> um, that, yeah, there's this idea that, yeah. And the, because the interesting thing, the, the, the thing about, and you made a video about this and I think about it all the time, that the lost world, it's like the perfect movie for this is that it is a film that has three good scenes, but it also just has quite a few bad ones. And mm. that's, like and so, the Lost World is not a good movie mm. because of yeah. that. And so, the three good scenes, no bad one thing, is actually such a it actually is a great metric for what makes a good movie. I think,
0: mm. yeah, yeah, because
1: they're, they're, one of the other ones similar to, to that is like the Raptors in the lo- in the tall grass. They're running through the tall, such grass a great and getting scene. picked it's off one by one again as good as anything short. in the first <laughs> film. Yeah, as it's, good as it's, any it's, sequence in the first film might be my favorite sequence in the whole franchise.
0: That's insane. <laughs>
1: Um, but then I can't think of a third one. But we do, there, there's well, probably. Well, I would say
0: one. I would say the fact that it's about an like an industrial army complex yeah. coming to. The, I think that's a brilliant um, place to take yeah, the story. Sure, yeah. Um, so but maybe the, not a, a scene, but an idea. I think. Yeah, is
1: really good. but then you have a few bad scenes. There's the the T Rex in San Diego, and there is <laughs> the gymnastic Velociraptor death. Mm. What's
0: yeah. that? So the jeff goldblum's character's daughter um we find out at what is a very crafty Chekhov's garden setup at the beginning of the film that she was cut from the gymnastics team and then later on in the film they're running away from these these velociraptors and it, one of them has uh they're in like this little shack and one of them has uh ian malcolm cornered and then his daughter goes "I you know i know what to do and she jumps and she <laughs> jumps into a pole in the middle of the roof and starts doing like flips, and she goes, Hey! And the the velociraptor speaking English turns to look because it knows it's being talked to um, Mm -hmm. and sees her doing these somersaults, and then she jumps and kicks it out the window where it's impaled on some spikes (laughs) on the ground, being the only time... uh, I haven't seen Jurassic World Dominion yet, but the only time in the series up until now, or maybe up until Jurassic World somewhere that a dinosaur is actually killed by a human, um, in the, in the film, something which is like quite antithetical to, I think the idea of <laughs> Jurassic Park, that the dinosaur shouldn't be killing, the humans shouldn't be killing the dinosaurs. Um,
1: because in the movie there's, um, is it in the second one or maybe it's in the third one? Mm. They're, 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 and they're, they're like they're in the helicopter and they like just shoot one of the two or was in Jurassic world <laughs> i but, uh, I fucked myself over by also watching Jurassic world right, the last, one ahead of um, me someone here but no there is there's a few dinosaur human killers. that's dinosaur. the first one then
0: because no one kills right. a dinosaur in Jurassic Park and it's just, it's just it's just such a bad scene and then then Ian Malcolm goes they cut you from the team and it's so like I didn't need this resolve I didn't need. Mm this character to, to, <laughs> yeah, to I wasn't, get redeemed.
1: I wasn't hankering for her to get a gymnastics resolution. <laughs>
0: <sighs> uh, yeah, so th- that's a pretty dumb scene. I think there are there are not not necessarily dumb scenes, but there's some stuff that really just takes ages to get to as well. And there's also some mm, stuff that is film. that is missing from the film, much in mm. the way that I think maybe John Hammond should have still died in Jurassic mm, Park 1. Right. Um, Pete Postlethwaite's character, Roland, whatever his surname Timo. is, is such a, like... Like, and you've got Pete Postlethwaite, you know, you've Mm. got him in your movie and he's so, he's such a good villain. And then the end of his storyline is he captures the T-Rex and then he just suddenly is like, we shouldn't be playing God. So yeah, I'm going <laughs> like, he just has a change. Why, of, I'm out of uh, here. <laughs> he should, he should have died a, a horrible death. There's this great mm. moment where they, after they, after they, they've hung off the cliff and their, their compadre Eddie has been eaten by the two T-Rexes. Um, They they've like, Joined forces with the military now, you know, begrudgingly. Mm. And one of them is that someone makes a comment about how, um, oh, the T Rexes won't be looking for us now, they've just fed. And Ian Malcolm's like, I assume you're talking about Eddie, our, our friend who just saved our life by gi- giving his. And they're like, Oh, boohoo. And, and as they're walking away, he's like, he says something like, Um, he says something like, it's it's just the fact of the matter is predators don't hunt when they're, when they're not hungry. And then Jeff Goblin goes, yeah, only humans do. And Pete Postlethwaite goes, oh, cry me a river, Dr. Malcolm. And it's so like, yeah. it's so cutthroat and so, mm. you know, brutal and and, yeah. and cruel. And it's like, that's the kind of character that gets eaten alive by compies by the mm. end. You
1: know, like. The the, the the dude who gets eaten alive by compies, that's a great, satisfying death. Because it's, it's one of the like mercenaries. Yeah, yeah remember his name but he he's like uh, antagonizes the compies a bunch like he's he's talking Mm. to the he he makes fun of them and he like zaps one of them for no reason Mm. and then yeah they they all fucking gang up on him Mm. and yeah it's it's Mm. it's it's a great it's a very satisfying death and again actually you know what's
0: you know what's the third good scene in this movie that one well it could be that one actually or it's the opening scene with the little girl getting attacked by compies on the island that is great yeah yeah. really like that so it's creepy I Mm. think I think, um, mommy, daddy, I found something. Is like kind Mm. of toes being into like a very iconic line. Yeah, mommy, daddy, I I found something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I, it's funny because I think I saw that scene like when I was a kid, and maybe that's why I thought the film was too scary. um, I saw it as a kid as
0: well and thought it was too scary. Yeah,
1: and I but and so I watched Jurassic Park the first time. I was like, huh, that scene wasn't in it. Weird. (laughs) And then found out it was actually from the sequel
0: you're like, what would that have been from it must have been from we're back that um, cartoon <laughs> dinosaur, dinosaur
1: story yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so interestingly as well so the first film was shot in Hawaii yeah. and then uh, they they scouted a bunch of different places for the second one because it was a different island. They wanted it to look different, mm. and so they 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 tried Hawaii and and um, Puerto Rico and a few different other places, um, Costa Rica and South America where the film is set. As it was never actually considered <laughs> as a yeah. film the location, but it was because it would have been the rainy season. Uh, but ultimately, they decided uh, Fiordland, New Zealand, to film. Is um,
0: it's
1: and- filmed in New Zealand. Uh, and, yeah, then they just started production in California <laughs> instead.
0: <laughs> That'd be such a cool place to f- film. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: yeah, they, they they chose New Zealand um over um, some of the other places because um, it was believed to better represent a real dinosaur environment to shoot it up north in New Zealand. Oh, oh um, very cool. But it was uh, – filming would have been too costly in New Zealand, apparently. Right. And, um, the gone Hump of those Bons days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, fun fact: the the spikes on the end of a Stegosaurus tail is called a phagomizer. <laughs> and hey, hey, <laughs>
0: Dude <Do it.
1: laughs> Uh And do you know where that uh, where that term comes from? No. Uh, Gary Larson coined it in a Far Side cartoon in 1982, <laughs> and that's just what they're called now.
0: <laughs> I hope Gary Larson's intentions were pure in calling it that.
1: I I. I I want to make it like clear. I said thagomizer, T H A G O M I Z E R. I
0: did not hear that at all. My God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Wow. I, I, I just, it does like it, it. It sounds enough like a slur that I was just that I I wasn't sure you'd actually misheard me. <laughs> um, but, but
0: yeah.
1: You only know, use it to thagomize, I guess. But. <laughs> The, so I've got some dumb to be trivia for you at around one hour, 25 minutes, the snake that crawls into Dr. Robert Burke's shirt is a milk snake, which are completely harmless to humans. They are often confused with the highly venomous coral snake due to their nearly identical color patterns, or he suffers from Ophidiophobia fear of snakes. And this is like a guy with they're hiding. And one of the guys, the snake crawls into his, into his jacket and he freaks out and gets eaten. And, yeah, it's by a fa- T-Rex,
0: that- not by the snake.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like, oh, it's, it's probably because he thought it was the venomous snake. It's like, yeah, he just got freaked out because it's a snake.
0: <laughs> it's kind of a weak moment in the film anyway. I reckon like mm. if I was him, because I did relate because he kind of looks like me. So I was like re- kind of <laughs> related to He's who you the production. Yeah. And I was like, I reckon if that happened to me, I would freak out quietly. I wouldn't like, mm. I wouldn't like scream and run out of the waterfall I'm hiding in. Yeah. But it makes a pretty cool effect, doesn't it? With the blood coming down the waterfall. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, absolutely! <laughs> um, one of the movie-built props of the trailers was up for auction in Los Angeles on eBay. Unfortunately, the trailers were in very poor condition. However, photos taken for the sale provided far more information about the trailers.
0: <laughs> Go check them. <laughs> it's just
1: such a like weird. Like, what am I supposed to glean from this?
0: <laughs>
1: uh, any, any, uh, anything else about the Lost World Jurassic Park?
0: Um. I don't know. I feel like you, what you you were messaging me during watching and being like, "This film fucking sucks, dude." Do you not think like, especially with where the series goes, is they not? Can you not feel the Spielbergian quality of it still there? No, no. I, really, I've always felt like that's what stands it apart from the other sequels is that you could still tell it's a Spielberg
1: film. No, disagree.
0: Yeah, I had Sorry. No, I, Sorry. no idea this was a Spielberg film.
1: <laughs> I actually think that it was a a reverse poltergeist situation where he didn't direct
0: it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he likes directing it. I think he's he's yeah. gone on to be quite candid about how he thinks it's an inferior sequel. Hmm.
1: Yeah, he became disenfranchised. He became disenfranchised with the first one, apparently, as well, because he was he would be long days shooting Schindler's List and then answering the most, like, fucking mundane, boring questions about tiny CGI details on Jurassic Park at the end of the day and post-production. And so I think wow. he became quite disenfranchised with that as well. Mm. But, yeah, now Spielberg did not return for Jurassic Park 3 in 2001. This was directed by Joe Johnston, who... I asked if he could direct the second one and then Spielberg said, no, nah, I'm going to do it, but you can do the next one. And Joe Johnson, who we've seen before on the podcast. What else does he directed, AJ? Can you tell me?
0: He directed Captain America, the first Avenger.
1: He sure did. Do you know what else he's directed, just out of interest?
0: The Rocketeer.
1: He made The Rocketeer, yeah. And he also, he did one other movie with Covet as well, actually.
0: Uh, no, I can't remember what it is. <laughs>
1: Uh, And it's also one of the other reasons he couldn't do The Lost World, uh, because he was too busy doing Jumanji.
0: Ah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Nice.
1: Uh, I believe he's also doing... Did he take over... Justin Lin or my, or who? No, that was Louis Leterrier who did. That was um, not Joe Johnston. No, <laughs> no Joe Johnston is
0: not directing Fast Ten. <laughs> the
1: reason I got it confused is because it's like which forgettable Phase One director was it? <laughs> and it was it was Louis Leterrier who did yeah. um, <laughs> the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, that's very funny. Yeah. Mm. So
0: this, what, what do you think what, says on Rotten Tomatoes? Like twenty nine percent,
1: forty eight percent. Which,
0: oh, okay. up
1: until a few months ago was the lowest one in the franchise.
0: When when Jurassic World Dominion came out, um, the AV Club, I think, or someone, um, posted an article where they was like, let's look back at Jurassic Park 3, like a, a classic of the franchise. Mm. And I retweeted it and it was like, Dominion was that bad, huh? Because mm. <laughs> I at least, I, I'll tell you what, I had, I think this might be the most I've enjoyed this film in the in watching yeah. it in, in a long time but up until rewatching it I had nothing but terrible memories of this movie <laughs> I thought it was so bad um and well, why didn't, didn't always I didn't always think I, it was bad what's it about um I, I, Dr yeah. Alan Grant is basically like hoodwinked he's back by the way Dr Alan Grant he's basically hoodwinked by um the cat a, a Catholic <laughs> and this time he's bought as protege
1: um they actually make a point out of his head as well
0: mm. There you go. Um, he's hoodwinked by a couple of uh, hoodwinkers. Well, like, oh, yeah, there's nothing real. They're not even like
1: carpet salesmen. Yeah, yeah. No, what is he? Always t- like t- a t- tile.
0: tile and bathroom. Yeah. Um. Played by William H. Macy and... and, um, and uh, Tia Leone. Uh, Tia Leone, and they basically trick him to be their guide for like their wedding anniversary flyover Isla Sorna, um, but then it turns out that they've actually got him there because their son, their 12-year-old son, went missing in a um, parasailing accident. <laughs> uh, and is lost on, is sauna somewhere. And so now they're all stuck on the island. There's a new dinosaur in the mix that they didn't know about called the Spinosaur, or Spi- Spinosaurus? Spinosaurus. Yeah. Spinosaurus. Um, and so they've all got to navigate this. Um, there's a really cool scene with some pterodactyls, a hereto too, before mm. um, sort of underrepresented mm. dinosaur. Yeah, because well, the- they were
1: kept inside an aviary. Hmm. Which is a scene in the book. That's one of yep. the sort of big set pieces for the book that was used yep. here.
0: Yep. Um, and a bunch of people die. All the how do they did, get off the island? Um, they well, first of all, they have to communicate with some raptors um, whose eggs mm. they unknowingly stole. And they get away with with that because um, a big part of this movie is a a 3D printer, which prints (laughs) a a raptor resonation chamber um, that shows how they could talk to each other. So they get away with it and then they get off the island because the army shows up because um, they ring Laura Dern at one point.
1: Mm, who who's, returns in this film as well. But, although not romantically involved with no, really. uh, Alan Crouch anymore. She's got...
0: And seems, seemingly no and, bad blood either. They're hanging out. They're happy to see each other.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's explicit in the movie, but I was reading that the reason they're not together is that Alan didn't want kids. And mm. that... That's
0: disappointing after the events of the first film
1: well no i think i know i think that's that's good characterization that after the events of the first one that because it's it's such a thing in pop culture to be like oh it doesn't want to be a father and then he spends time with kids and now he but it's like no he 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 never respected kids at all he didn't like them and now he can tolerate them he still doesn't want to be a father and that's fine Mm. um and i think that that's i think that's a good uh good characterization and like yeah, Kevin Smith said on some podcast or something about like you know there's a whole movie missing about why Allie and Dr. Grant aren't together, and
0: there's no yeah. dinosaurs in that movie, so I don't know if it'll ever get made. But
1: yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you wouldn't make it. It would be just like a Romantic Park.
0: It is strange to do. Um, a movie where you split up the love interest from the first film, and then not have the the sort of emotional story be about them learning mm. to love again. Like, isn't that? Yeah. I feel like well, the but, but, only time I've ever seen characters break up and between movies, they get back together by the end mm. of the next one.
1: It is fun a bit though because you have um, the, the 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 film is still about an estranged love learning to get back together because yeah, Tia yeah, Leone and, and um, William Match Macy's characters mm. yeah are, are divorced but then seemingly back together again by the Mo- presumably
0: after. moments before they're thrown in prison for several like oh, yeah, <laughs> war crimes. Yeah. Um, I think that there is not as as much to hate about this movie as maybe I initially thought no, this movie's great uh, it's not great. I, think, I actually um, think
1: this might be the best one. Okay. That's insane. That's what you're supposed to
0: say. I know. I know what you wanted me to say, Richard. <laughs> I'm not your fucking puppet. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's. Dance. There's some interesting stuff in this. I I think all the stuff which I presume is clipped from the original novel comes mm. across quite well. The remote um,
1: scene is another one that's
0: ah oh, nice. Um, and the the aviary stuff is great, and I want to talk about that more in a second. But the kind of the thing that's become a symbol of this movie is that um, there's a <laughs> there's a part of the pl- where they're flying to the island where Alan has a has a little nap, and he wakes up, and everyone's there's no one on the plane. And then he looks over and he hears someone go, Alan. And he looks over and there's a velociraptor on the plane, Richard. And it looks over and he goes, Alan. And I was like, when I remember when I saw this in the cinema when I was seven years old. I got such a fucking jump scare seeing the raptor on the plane. I thought it was so scary. <clears throat> um, And I think that is like, that is such a perfect little morsel of um the kind of thing that fucking ruins a movie like this (laughs) this like veritable turd in the salad you know like Mm. it's like no matter how much you want to take the movie seriously after this they made a scene where a velociraptor speaks however one thing I've never noticed until this movie is that scene is actually a callback. It doesn't need to be. But <laughs> earlier in the film, when, when um Alan is at Ally's house, he's talking to a parrot and he says, Can you say my name? Can you say Alan? <laughs> can you say my name, Alan? And he's talking to a parrot. And a massive sort of ongoing thing in the first film, especially is Dr. Alan Grant is considered this wacko because he believes that dinosaurs evolved into birds. Um, mm. And so he's literally talking to a bird saying, can you say Alan? And then...
1: I like that you <laughs> put on an American accent for a character who has hints of a New Zealand accent.
0: Well, I wouldn't. That's exact. Probably, I could probably do an excellent... Have Alan Grant impression there, and it's it. funny.
1: What's funny as well is that specifically that scene where he's talking to the parrot. Mm-hmm. I was when I was like, oh, he's actually just doing a New Zealand accent.
0: <laughs> do do your best, Doctor Alan Grant impression.
1: Oh, can you bloody talk to me?
0: Oh, bloody dinosaurs again! Fuck it out.
1: Yeah, what well, one thing that I do like about this movie, which. I fucking hate about Fallen Kingdom <laughs> is that uh Alan Grant doesn't go to the island voluntarily. Mm. That he shouldn't <laughs> to go no. to the island voluntarily. I mean that
0: that will become the defining issue of the Jurassic sequels I think is like why in God's name would you ha- would you bring back characters for a sequel? We should talk yeah. we should save this to talk about for Jurassic. Yeah, World, well I, I, think- I I'm, I'm interested because
1: it's, I think Dominion probably solves the problem a little bit but right. the yeah, the it is funny as well because you think like Alan Grant says at the start of the film, like there is nothing on God's green earth that would get me back on that island. And then they go hey we'll give you a lot of money and then he's like sweet (laughs) and it's it's this funny thing because you're like oh god that's such a betrayal of his character the first thing we learn about alan grant pretty much is that he'll do anything for money (laughs) like in the first film he's like nah we're not interested sorry we're very busy and then they're like i'll pay a lot of fucking money and he's like yeah Mm. i'll do whatever whatever Mm. you want yeah i i think that that, that, that's the i I actually don't mind the story necessarily of the film or like the the setup Mm. at least
0: I think the worst thing about it is probably Tia Leone and William H. Macy's characters are just, like, the worst characters of the franchise, I reckon. Yeah, it's absolutely. so annoying. Yeah, I, William
1: H. Macy was asked why he did the film and he said, I'm 50 years old and I get to find a dinosaur.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I I um, really like the scene before he goes to the island where he's doing a lecture and he's, like, it, it's kind oh, of yeah. double, double-edged double because, like, it's kind of lame that he's still obsessed with raptors and there's still something to be learnt about raptors. Like, didn't we get oh, the, no, to I, this Oh,
1: no, I, I, like, because there's reference in the, when he meets the kid and they say, oh, and he's like, I've read both of your books. And he says, oh, mm. yeah. And he's like, yeah, I preferred the first one because you actually liked dinosaurs. Yeah, then. that's great. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. such a, because he wrote the yeah. second one after the Jurassic Park incident
0: yep and so i i like that scene where he's basically saying he believes that raptors could communicate and then he's like does it? does anyone have any questions and everyone puts their hands up and he's like any questions that aren't about jurassic park and a bunch put the heads out there he goes any questions about the events in san diego which i did not witness which is such a <laughs> there i want i want to make a supercut of lines, single lines of dialogue from sequels which acknowledge the previous movie and sort of <laughs> throw away <laughs> kind of context um and and uh basically his character arc is like people think he's a nut that that mm velociraptors can could talk and he's like they're like why don't you just go to isla nublar and see if they talk to each other and, and he's like because they're not real dinosaurs but then the resolve is that he just sees yeah, them yeah. talking on Isla Sorna, so it's the same thing um, but,
1: um yeah i do i do love that it's the any questions Keeping in mind that I've already <laughs> explained my hair. <laughs> <I'm> just the <this> substance <laughs> <this> joke.
0: <laughs> um, so I really like that. And then later on in the film, when he meets the kid that they've been looking for, he's like, did you read Malcolm's book? And I didn't remember that line in this movie. And I think it's mm. cool to acknowledge. I don't know, it's just those little inter inter-movie connections yeah. that used the to be subtle th- in Hollywood and now they're like full post credit scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The
1: the other thing that I so th- there's there's been a lot of discourse recently around like directors cuts or like original cuts of films. And th- there was there was one recently and and our friend Andrew Todd wrote a big article about um you know, the, the reason that like, because directors love to say, yeah, my first cut of this film was nine hours long. And they're mm. like, oh my God, release that cut. And it's like, it, it's weird. It, it'll be a cut where scenes play out like three times or shots will hold so much longer than they need to. And when you trim all that fat, you're left with a, a two hour movie. And like Taika Waititi has been talking about his first cut of four thor 4 was four hours long and he said no i'm not going to release it because it was shit like mm. and he said "Yeah, the scenes i cut were bad that's why mm. they were cut the the longest rough cut of this film was 96 minutes long the final cut <laughs> including credits is 92 minutes long now how fucking oh how incredible is that by the time the credits start, it's been like eighty-six minutes. It's it's fucking phenomenal, and like we need <laughs> we need more blockbusters that aren't afraid to not even be an hour and a half long. Mm. It's yeah. so good. It's what a what a good runtime this film has.
0: Um, other good stuff about this movie, I think. Oh, the runtime. The runtime run is excellent. No the um the the amount of time characters are seen on screen running the runtime
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: um I the 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 satellite phone jingle being yeah, yeah. a sign that the monster that ate the satellite the guy with the satellite phone is around is great yeah. um the the
1: shot where they they the, they get to the fence and then they they hear the phone they're like huh and they turn around the spinosaurus spinosaurus yeah. is just waiting for them that's a great shot
0: that's scary that's such yeah. a scary shot I think yeah. Um, and I also uh, the so the the aviary scene where they basically have to walk through a giant bird cage and there's pterodactyls that attack them instead that, of birds. That got me thinking about it, and because that's that's like clearly the best scene in the movie, mm. and it is it's from the novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like th- I would have t- if I was making this film, I would have taken the idea of adapting the stuff we haven't seen before, and I would have like probably replaced i would have made it way more pterodactyl focused i think mm. because there's yeah. like raptors spinosaurus and pterodactyls mm. and i reckon you each probably- of them get
1: 20 minutes films
0: though <laughs> i reckon you could have probably made the whole egg storyline maybe even the the talking storyline the the fact that they communicate with each other that could have been about pterodactyls. The Talking storyline <laughs> um, just action baby <laughs> i just think like because because if you look at the three films i guess i guess it still is this way so i'm essentially fixing something that's already there but like mm-hmm. i always thought it was like the first one the raptors are the villains the second one the t-rexes are the villains and the mm. third one, the third one, the type. It's the, the new ter- dinosaur. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, exactly. It should be the pterodactyls are the villains. I actually, yeah. as scary as that shot of the Spinosaurus is, I don't think it's that good of an inclusion in this movie, especially because they had to like radically change what a Spinosaurus actually looked like to get <laughs> it to, like it, that thing looked more like a crocodile apparently mm. in, in real life. Well,
1: yeah, th- there was this weird thing about they, they weren't actually, in real life, they weren't actually sure if the Spinosaurus was, uh land or a sea mm. dinosaur. Mm. And so I think they made it amphibious. But yeah, the, the Spinosaurus is only on screen for like three minutes or something like that. Yeah.
0: I don't know, what do you think? Do you think that the this movie's faults could be solved by more pterodactyls or anything like that?
1: Uh well I think you'd risk adding to the runtime.
0: No 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 I'm talking about swapping <laughs> out the raptors for pterodactyls.
1: Are you sure? I mean I I, I do I do love that there's like it's like a pterodactyl scene, you know,
0: I guess so. Yeah. Mm. The,
1: it's interesting as well. So the, the plot for this film, um, Spielberg's original idea for a plot for this film was about Alan Grant to, uh, being discovered to be living on one of the two islands. Um, he, Apparently he'd snuck in after not being allowed in to research the dinosaurs and was living in a tree like Robinson Crusoe, But I couldn't imagine this guy wanting to get back in, I uh, get back on any island that had dinosaurs in it after the first movie. Funnily enough, after a decade of my life not mentioning Robinson Crusoe, I've now done so twice <laughs> in 24 hours because I mentioned him on one of the Patreon podcasts we did <laughs> yesterday.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, that is the that is the ultimate Jurassic sequel problem is that you mm. just wouldn't... You, these What would compel you to return? And I think um short of dr grant going crazy and maybe that mm. would be a good enough reason but i mm. kind of don't want that ending for yeah
1: him. well the the other idea for a script there was it was a written script was um about teens on isla getting marooned on isla sauna apparently it wasn't a bad script but it, it read like a bad episode of friends
0: <laughs> sounds like a bad script then. yeah
1: exactly <laughs> yes yeah, sam neill has come to this film's defense he says mm-hmm. it got unfair treatment from critics and said he thinks it's a pretty damn good film. I wonder if, if he still says that. But I, yeah, I I agree. I mean, this is, it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be.
0: It's not as bad as I remember it being. And I'm very yeah. conscious of how weirdly positive I've been about it. I yeah. just, I had a good time watching it. I was in the no, mood. It's, it's
1: a good time. And it's like, it's one of those things where if Jurassic Park wasn't one of the greatest films ever made, this would be a perfectly serviceable sequel for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah. And it's 92 minutes long.
0: Oh, oh, so good. I'll be, I'll so, I'll say it. It annoys me that it's that much shorter than the other two.
1: It should be shorter.
0: Films should, films in a series should be as roughly as long as each other.
1: The The rest of them <laughs> are roughly the same length.
0: Well, there you go.
1: So, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but at around one hour and thirteen minutes, according to IMDb, this is it says probably as a joke, Barney and Friends is shown on television, and then cutting away to the Spinosaurus growling.
0: What does it mean? Probably as a joke. This <laughs> it it's is a, a joke. dinosaur
1: show. Yeah, exactly. It is
0: a joke. What the hell? Um, this is when this is when Alan Grant calls Ali and his mm. her her son picks up the phone stupid
1: and fucking son. gets
0: distracted by barney and so doesn't give her the phone in time and that's such a funny scene to me because it's like this well, little it's kid It's probably a joke yeah it's probably a joke um but it's so it's so funny that like these people are gonna die because this dumb little shit like got <laughs> yeah. distracted. because like that's that's the that's the butterfly and chaos that a toddler can can cause mm. you know because <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just got distracted by barney a bunch of people are going to get eaten by a dinosaur
1: <laughs> uh, and also uh, Tia Leone and Alessandra Navola, who plays Billy have both been in films with Nicolas Cage Ben is spelled B-E-N-N
0: I get it 0 this
1: of 11 people have found this interesting
0: characters in um, his character in National Treasures named yes ben.
1: called Ben um, also I'm gonna add to this that uh, I got sent earlier in the record Tyler's Dumb Trivia it says <laughs> the parasailing scene in three, and the way Eric says "see anything yet," and the way the other man responds with "no" is really off. And you hear it again later when they play back the footage on the camcorder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. Tyler's not a cult elder. He can't get his own stuff read out. Like that. <laughs> He's got
1: his own segment now. Tyler's dumb <laughs> trivia. Yeah. Speaking of cult elders, should we? Should we? see what they have to say this week
0: yeah sure so if guys if you um want your voice to be heard um on what? the podcast or at least read your out, words to be heard yeah um then head on over to patreon where you can join the meeting of the elders or cult elders tier where you can be a part of the meeting of the elders which is a little secret channel we have on discord where you can join and tell us what you thought of the franchise of the week and um what have we got this week richard <sighs>
1: Uh, this week we've got uh, a few people have chimed in saying uh, fuck J.K. Rowling, which is a fun <laughs> reference to last week. Um, Vinnie Redux added fuck Cameron Thor, who uh, played Dodgson in the first film um, <laughs> and uh, is in prison. For, a fun little um,
0: connective tissue there as well, as this is actually our second franchise in a row, which would be could be titled Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. <laughs>
1: yeah. Brent. Brent Mione. Oh, I guess that's a Hermione... Bre- brent miney
0: no one's changed uh, their discord usernames from the harry potter weeks
1: <laughs> change them to yeah, oh, jurassic
0: park <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
1: brent has said uh does jurassic park follow the jaws quality drop i guess that goes to show how often imitated never duplicated steven spielberg is i think inarguably it doesn't follow the quality drop i think maybe it follow like the quality drop of jaws to jaws 2 is like i add similar to jurassic park to jurassic park 2 and the rest of jurassic park but i don't think jurassic park ever gets as bad as like jaws 3 and 4
0: yeah probably not
1: but i i think yeah it, it is an interesting point that especially um yeah with with some of the like 3 and fallen kingdom you do have that like trying to recapture the magic of Spielberg that you just can't and mm. trying to get those. And I mean, even Spielberg doing it to himself and the lost world that like that perfect marriage of like family film, but still scary. Mm. Uh, Bliss, my dog has uh, replied to that and just said, I don't think it ever dips that low. Sort of schlocky summer blockbuster crap that is very little to say outside of some slightly better than usual action seems. Mm-hmm. Dumb may maybe a little worse. jaw sequels are just bad in general um yeah, you know, interesting stuff, uh, and then bless my dog, see so the throwing some thoughts thoughts for the first film, never seen any of the original trilogy outside of it. I always thought it was schlocky fun, a little cornball, but definitely the quintessential 90s movie ever. The cast, a little Pulp Fiction here, a little of that heathen Newman here, it adds up to something special. Yeah, interesting to note, we didn't even mention Samuel L. Jackson's in the first film. In fact, I forget every time until I watch it.
0: One of the um, three characters who dies, according Mm. to Ian Malcolm. Yeah, um, Uh, one of
1: five characters that actually dies.
0: Who are the other two that die? Nedry?
1: Nedri and uh one of uh, worker in the opening scene.
0: Ah right, yeah.
1: Uh the effects are more dated than people give it credit for, and the overall story is more fun than substantial. But we have uh, dinosaurs and that's I disagree
0: with that. I think the the story of the first one is incredibly substantial. I think yeah. that's why it's stuck with people.
1: Yeah. But we have dinosaurs, and that's forget the whole welcome to Jurassic Park is one of the most iconic scenes in film history. Absolutely brilliant and iconic. Yeah, that's that's true. It's interesting, like the, talking about the story being substantial. Jurassic Park is always the example I give when people are like, just turn your brain off film. You know, just don't worry about ah, it. Oh, yeah. Then it's like, no, like Jurassic Park is a big dumb blockbuster, but it's also one of the greatest films even made. Yeah. It's, it's, o- an- it's okay to want, and, and Spielberg, you know, like um, produced Transformers, which is like the classic example, mm. but it's like, yeah, no, you, it's okay to want more from these films. Mm. Yeah. I find it fascinating that Spielberg was able to pump both this and Schindler's list out in the same year, which goes to show how much of a powerhouse he was at the time. I mean, yeah, people didn't think so. I think after 1993, there may have been a downturn in Spielberg's career and popularity that he never quite got out of, especially where he was before. I'd say that 1993 was his peak. I mean, yeah, that was probably the best year he ever had, but um <laughs> didn't look like it was coming. Uh, my neighbor Craig says, I saw all three of these in cinemas. The first one blew my eight-year-old mind, obviously. I have a distinct memory of sitting in the cinema watching The list, the Lost World and thinking halfway through the film, man, it would be cool if they did a Jurassic Park movie where a dinosaur got loose in the big city, which then happened. <laughs> I don't remember anything from Jurassic Park 3, but recall that it was playing on Japanese TV the night I was staying in a Tokyo capsule hotel, so I had a fun time lying in a coffin sized room watching Sam Neill yelling in Japanese on a small wall mounted screen. That's great. <laughs> That's terrifying. A coffin sized <laughs> room. Uh, Dan in Denver has said, it's really incredible how solid Jurassic Park is. Any sequel was doomed to fuck up. As a result, it's been fascinating just how many misses there have been. The end with Jeff Goldblum yawning in the subway is one of the best cuts ever. That's referring to the yeah so
0: so at the start of the lost world when the little girl finds the compies um and she gets attacked by them the last shot we see of this intro is her mother seeing what's happened and she screams and then her screams cuts to a picture to an image of um jeff goldblum is standing in front of like a hawaiian poster. So it looks like he's standing in, like, a poorly green-screened tropical location. And he does a yawn that sort of, you know, looks almost like mm. he's screaming. And I think in a better movie, this would be such an intelligent meta joke. Like, mm. it's basically saying, like, yeah, we know, you've seen dinosaurs before, but now you're going to yeah. see something bigger and better, you know? Like, that's what it feels like the filmmaker's communicating, but because it's mm. an inferior movie, I don't think there's, it hits his home. It hits home there's as well. another,
1: there's a similar cut in... And what I would call one of the best guts cuts of all time in House of Gucci oh, yes. where <laughs> Jared Leto's fat Italian character comes out and um, is I think he's lost all this he's lost all his money in, in Gucci or something and oh, no. <laughs> he 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 the whole scene is silent and then he like silently wails he opens his mouth to to let out a cry and it plays a car horn instead and then it transitions to a car scene and the car's honking it's such a good car look it up Mm. and um i mean i'm saying this ironically of course but the um now it's time to is that, is about, that
0: meeting adjourned?
1: Is it meeting adjourned? But I do want to talk about titles briefly with you, AJ, mm. because I know you're you're kind of the title guy. <laughs> I, <don't know.
0: laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm not going to say anything new from when we talked about it in the original well, I'm version. Like but to say this some is, new stuff. Uh, this uh, that... is to redux and to re to overwrite, Ooh. not yeah. reference the old one. Yeah.
1: So the the second the book the second book is just called the Lost World, um, mm. which and they thought they were originally going to call the film just The Lost World and then they decided oh, people might get it confused with the the movie that already exists called The Lost World which also involves dinosaurs mm. and the so they added the I thought it's not is it not
0: a reference to that movie Oh it it, it is yeah but they yeah. they
1: thought you know people that we shouldn't call it just the same as a movie that already exists mm. but they uh yes yeah, so so it was it end up being called that and then the Third film, which had different plots at different times and stuff like that, um, uh, other titles included, uh, potential titles were Jurassic Park Breakout and The Extinction, Jurassic Park 3. Like, so The hmm. Extinction subtitle, Jurassic Interesting. Park 3, or Jurassic Park Extinction.
0: Neither of which would ap- really apply to the movies that... Maybe, yeah, so I th- they, not, yeah, I think those created. were
1: for earlier drafts.
0: Hmm. I Listen... Uh, Jurassic Park has long been a source of of turmoil for me when it, with its titles. I I hate that the second one is called something colon Jurassic Park. I think that's an insane way to title something. It's
1: very really rare. There's like what um uh, the Carrie two is. It's subtitled Carry two. Right. The, this the isn't Rage even Carry Jurassic 2, Park
0: two. This is yeah. like it doesn't even have a number and then to not to to then call the third one jurassic park three when there's no jurassic park two has always been such a thorn in my heel i've always hated that so much you can't call something three if there's no two and i know that we said this on the original Jurassic Park podcast because this I think I might have come up with it on air I can't remember Mm. but like I do I am kind of fascinated by calling the second one Jurassic Park B just Mm. because like there's like when you're when you're listening yeah exactly but when you're when you're listing something in real life whatever it is you'll either go one two or a b right and sequels have never done this when they've chosen letters to do yeah. to, to new you know to to differentiate sequels over numbers um and i guess it's because a b has a certain connotation when it comes to movies and if you go jurassic park b people are going to think it's a b movie but like mm. even then like Jurassic Park Site B would I think be quite a it's it's that's a very sequely title, but in a way mm. I kind of what like it.
1: Jurassic Park, it's like a sauna in here, but sauna is spelled S-O-R-E-N-A. <laughs> yep.
0: yep, great. I don't know. Like I I'm well aware <laughs> of the shortcomings of Jurassic Park Site B as a title. But the other shortcomings that come from calling it the lost world jurassic mm. park piss me off to no end and i remember we we just covered this for the podcast in 2017 and then we sat down to play a round of buzz the movie quiz on <laughs> ps2 and one of the rounds was like a a um a image from a movie will pop up and what it is will slowly be appearing on, you'll have a bunch of <laughs> options slowly appearing on yeah, the side yeah, yeah. and it's whoever's the first to click the right button to to say what the name oh, you, you, of the movie you is. You buzz
1: in and then you have whatever's revealed of the four titles mm. to guess from. So it might be one letter,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. And I buzzed, we played this, and I buzzed in first because there was a picture of Ian Malcolm specifically from The Lost World. And I buzzed in first and I buzzed on the title with which a T had appeared. Because I was like, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. And then you ended up stealing it from me because you clicked on the J that appeared and had gone (laughs) with Jurassic Park, The Lost World. That's not what the movie's called. That's (laughs) actually not what the movie's called, though. You know what I mean?
1: I think because you, you Buzz, the answer that was revealed for you was like The Fly or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's just not what the movie's called. (laughs)
1: Like, it
0: is. that is, to me, that is... Uh, inarguably a glitch in Buzz the Movie Quiz. <laughs> well, especially for that game specifically. And to have a T appear as one yeah. of the other options.
1: Because it's like yeah. it's not even also known as, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, I think site B evokes like, oh my god, I know exactly what that means. Mm. You know?
1: I I do wish though, and this is this is a more of a Richard thing than an AJ thing, but I wish that the fifth film had been called The Lost Park Jurassic World.
0: yeah they aren't they switch between world and park
1: um
0: i guess like the only other way to do it with jurassic world in mind would be to call each film jurassic something else you know
1: Mm, jurassic winter jurassic waters jurassic Jurassic war
0: that's not what i was going for but yeah but like if the first one's jurassic park and the second one's jurassic island i don't know cretaceous park whatever i'm just saying it's a bad it's a bad setting and if you called it jurassic park site b i don't know what you'd call jurassic park 3 instead you certainly wouldn't call it jurassic park 3 i wouldn't let you (laughs)
1: um yeah so that's that's our discussion on titles join us next week for when we have more or less the same discussion (laughs) so we have to rank that
0: franchise We haven't done continue the franchise yet. Yeah, I was going to say that for last. Okay. Interesting. You want to do the worst one, the worst ranking Mm. first?
1: Yeah, so uh, if you head along to leadbox.com slash cultpops, slash lists, slash FFF ranking, you can uh, see our ranked list of every franchise we've covered. Interestingly, we've already ranked this one, which Mm. um, we haven't always done. But when we ranked it the first time, we were ranking the this trilogy plus jurassic world Mm. and now we'll presumably be splitting the franchise into two
0: who knows and
1: if you don't like it you can deal with it so it's currently at 31 it's below x-men above 28 days later do you think it needs to be higher or lower
0: it's above 28 days later Mm. i think 28 days later is a better franchise than jurassic
1: park Mm, i disagree
0: what where's jones right well
1: we'll leave it where it is then huh (laughs) jaws is quite like jaws is at 51
0: okay i was just thinking it needs to be denoted as being better than jaws i think is the yeah. main.
1: okay well we'll leave it where it is then okay all righty that's uh great franchise for this week <laughs> um now it's time to continue the franchise obviously there is a pretty well-known continuation of the franchise in the form of jurassic world which spawned its own trilogy and yeah we'll get to that next week but Dozens of uh video games and comics and, and, and whatnot as well. And mm-hmm. a lot of the sort of um a lot of continue the franchises, the more kind of um predominant ones actually came out after Jurassic World, so it's more mm-hmm. yeah, it's more accurate to talk about to after Jurassic World to talk about them. Then there's Theme Park rides, there's you name it, Jurassic. It's a it's a huge media franchise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, what's your continued
0: franchise for us? So I was I was um I came up with this idea that I thought was brilliant and then did a little digging and saw that it's not as entirely um original as I maybe thought. Mm-hmm. But there was a line I'd never noticed in Jurassic Park uh, The Lost World Jurassic Park that um caught my attention, which is mm-hmm. when they are <clears throat> they're sailing up to um Isla Sorna. Mm. And they have, like, a Spanish guide. And he says that he's not going to take them any closer than – well, he wants to drop them off and then come back later because he's heard um, the, the these islands are called Las Cinco Muertes. And Vince yeah. Vaughn goes, Las Cinco Muertes? And, and he goes, sí, sí, which means the five deaths. And I was like, isn't that interesting that there, there's it's it's called the, the Muertes Archipelago? Which mm. is the the death arc of whatever archipelago means, which is basically it's, it's and and this is canon in Jurassic Park that um, n- n- uh, Nubla and um, Sauna are part of this archipelago um, or the five deaths, and I was like, well, what does that look like? And so I came up initially, I came up with the idea of. Um, a video game that would explore these um there is a video game called jurassic world evolution but it's like a roller coaster tycoon type thing yeah so i want to pitch like a first person shooter called it's called jurassic park the five deaths right and you're a you're a photographer so it's a first person shooter but you don't get given a gun you're given a camera and pokemon snap yeah exactly it's a pokemon snap but with dinosaurs you're basically told you have to go across these the five deaths and you know record what lives there and you know of course there's danger at every turn um the the five deaths do actually have a name interestingly um uh island nublar is not actually one of them um, one of the five deaths, um, the, but the other five deaths include, um, Isla Me- Me- Met- Metanseros, Isla Muerta, Isla Pena, Isla Sauna, and Isla Tucano. Um, and according to current law, there aren't dinosaurs on the other ones, but I'm foregoing that. Um, you can find a map of them, there's sort of these five islands in like a bow shape, and I think maybe Isla Nublar is actually one of them in um that's in some interpretations so yeah. it's it's all it feels like it's canon that's all easily editable yeah, yeah, yeah. and up in the air yeah. um the main thing I, I i like that uh isla isla sauna is the biggest one that's the main I thing know. you need to know and so i imagine you would go from each island um and maybe like there is a boat out in the middle that acts so like you get to You start the game, you're on a boat in the middle. You choose which island you want to start on, but you can't Mm. go back to your boat until you've completed that island, basically. Mm. And each one could have these, you know, distinguishing features, like maybe one of them has, like, a mountainous range where you can fight a bunch of pterodactyls and and things like that. Like, give them each these, like, distinguishing um, characteristics. I thought a fun thing in it could be, like... um, a lot of it's obviously deserted. A lot of, like, there's, you know, this presumably could take place, um, would have to take place before Fallen Kingdom, I guess, for certain mm. reasons. Um but like, there's like deserted bases, like there are in Jurassic Park Three from Ingen, and I thought it could be fun if like one of the collectibles is like um, audio books, and they're like the the books you hear about. So you get yeah. Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum back to it; they've voiced their own audio books, and you nice, can hear yeah. clips clips from them and and things like that. Um, and it's basic. I I really like the idea of a first person shooter that's not about killing but about surviving mm. and documenting. Nice, yeah.
1: You reminded me as well, of the, one of the, the sort of predominant games is one called Trespasser.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not even just, it's not even Jurassic Park Trespasser. It's, the game is just called Trespasser. And this was, it was one of the sort of the first games to like, um, it, 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 it was like this really advanced game engine for the time. Mm-hmm. But it's like a first person thing as well. You play mini driver voices the character and uh, richard adenborough returns for it as well as john hammond
0: oh nice um well you get him to you know like all the yeah. all the legacy actors return as voice actors for the collectible yeah yeah nice yeah you know yeah
1: but the uh the game is considered terrible but it still has this like this massive fan base but the uh one sort of interesting thing about it is that the there's no heads up display at all your mm. health is represented by a tattoo on your breast which you can look down at <laughs>
0: That's so horny for Jurassic Park. Uh, oh yeah. Such an unhorny yeah. series.
1: <laughs> there was also, um, I, I can't remember if, or couldn't find which game it was exactly, but there's one that once you finish the game, it cuts to like an FMV of Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, so, you know, congratulations for finishing We've the talked, game. Whatever. When did
0: we talk about this? Why did we but talk the, about this? The,
1: in, an, um, in an interview, so it was when Jurassic World Evolution 2, I think, came out. Well, might've even been the first one, Jeff Goldblum did the like press tour for it. And there was some great stuff on that press tour, you know, like all, all the classic, like Jeff Goldblum uh, answers uh, Google's, you know, most search questions and shit like that. But also, you know, a lot of like sit down interviews with people and someone pulled up this, like, you know, this tiny, like, you know, the whole, the, the, the clip is, you know, be a few hundred kilobytes kind of thing. It's like really low quality. And they asked her about like, you have appeared in a Jurassic Park game before, like you filmed this little clip and, Jeff Goldblum's like, oh yeah, I no, I remember doing this and he's like, fun fact, like we did this while shooting the lost world that, you know, they we got this call, hey, can you do this little thing? And he said, you know, we did it on like a lunch break, and Steven Spielberg was actually behind the camera and was giving me notes. So it's like that little clip. That's used in the game is actually directed by Steven Spielberg, basically, and it's one of these things. And this is one of the things I love about like uh, Jeff Goldblum. Someone who if if a video pops up that's like an interview with Jeff Goldblum or Jeff Goblin reacts to something, I always will watch it. He's such a fun person to watch. But one of the things I really really like and respect about him is that he seems to really like movies and like and, and you know like he and because so many uh, actors, especially you see this on like the MCU and stuff like that, that people. They'll do, you know, the Infinity War cast answers like trivia questions, and they're just like, I have no fucking clue. Like, I don't watch these movies. I don't know. I don't know what the, the Infinity Stones are. But Jeff Goldblum, like, really? <laughs> hey, he's
0: talking about Christian Bale.
1: <laughs> I <think it> <laughs> no, some
0: and... some bloke looking for stones. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that um, like, and he he remembers like all these like really specific things. I you go to any other actor and you go, hey, you filmed this thirty second clip for a video game. Do you remember anything about this? To be like is that me? What the fuck is this? But he's like, he not only remembers filming it, but is able to give like a fun story. But, and he always like, he'll tell the, you know, the, the interviewer that their glasses are like, you know, the, the ones that someone wore in this film that he like starred mm. opposite them. And like, I just like that he actually, he genuinely seems to have that love that like that we do for film and yeah, yeah. has that same kind of like recall that movie fans do, not just the people who star in them.
0: I'm devastated to report though. You may not be, like this richard because earlier today you said to me did we do a patreon episode on morbius and it mm. reminded me of how actors forget their own things
1: <laughs> i remember seeing morbius yeah um <laughs>
0: what's your but, continue the franchise
1: uh, My franchise, so it's interesting because and i and this is one that i probably makes more sense for a jurassic world continue the franchise but i'm curious to see okay. where <laughs> the franchise is at the end of dominion and base my continue hmm. the franchise off of that sure but the – because the thing the, – the, the story that I'm – if you if you handed me the Jurassic Park universe and the story that I'm most curious to see in this, and this could be – this would probably work better as a book even, um, is how – I, I want to know the story of the team that went back to Isla Nublar, captured all of the dinosaurs, put them into captivity, and then built – a functioning theme park in Jurassic World around that—that's yeah. such a like because it's just it's this unanswered question from Jurassic World. I mean, you know I haven't seen Dominion, so it might be it might feature in there. But <laughs> I, yeah, to me, that's the most—that's such a fascinating Jurassic tale. World
0: building. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's great.
1: But there, um, yeah, there is a Jurassic Park, a Jurassic World prequel novel, uh, mm. but it's called. <laughs> Let me find this. Um, uh It's called. Uh, yeah, it's it's called the evolution of Clear, <laughs> and it's and it's 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 a prequel about a, a young a young Clear um, Bryce Dallas Howard's character. That's um, so funny. Getting a summer internship at the park. Um,
0: What's it called again?
1: The evolution of Clear. That is Jurassic tragic. World. That is yeah. a tragic title. It's a young film. adult novel written by uh, Tess Sharp.
0: Well, hey, is that our first part of our Jurassic Saga coverage, Richard? Yeah,
1: and then uh, next week will be uh, Jurassic
0: Park do Podcast do B. Do, 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 do. I thought you were going to keep talking. I was going to do the outro music. Um, yeah, well, thank you for listening, everybody. hope you liked it. Let us know your thoughts on not only Jurassic Park, the trilogy, but our thoughts. Like, let us know no, your, thoughts your thoughts on, thoughts on, our, on our thoughts, thoughts yeah. of the Jurassic Park trilogy. You can do that in a lot of ways, including joining the Discord, which there will be a link to in the show notes. Um, you can also uh, follow us and or like us on Instagram or Twitter at Cole you can email us at coldpopsha gmail.com. And if you really want to, if you really want to finance us, much in the way um, John Hammond was trying to secure finances for his vision, um, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash um, where you too can tell us to redo Jurassic Park again next year if you want. Um, so that's get involved if you want to get involved in that, and we'll see you next week for Jurassic World. Ch- roar!
1: There you go. Roar! <laughs> roar! Roar! I've got the eye of the tiger.
0: <laughs> also, there's a post-credit scene. I forgot to mention that, but here it is. Welcome along, everybody, <laughs> to the post-credit scene. There's a segment at the end of each episode where, if you donate five dollars or more over at Patreon.com/CallPop, so you get to give us something to talk about. And this, the post-credit scene. Richard, who's it from, and what is it?
1: This one comes to us from Joshua Cole, who says your co-host has to either give you a large tattoo or a colonoscopy. Choose wisely.
0: What do you want? <laughs> uh, I... Presumably, one of us can only have the other.
1: No, I think you, you <laughs> can. I think we could both choose the same answer. Um, I, I don't know. I think like. You could probably design quite a fun tattoo, but it's it's whether or not I trust you with the tattoo gun.
0: Oh, well, you're not even considering colonoscopy.
1: So the colonoscopy is just the camera, right? I guess so. It's not I, like an actual surgery?
0: I don't want to make you look at my butthole, though.
1: <laughs> well, I want to make you look at my butthole. I just don't want you to stick a camera up it. Mm. You'd go too far. I don't trust <laughs> you.
0: Okay. I'm. Um, what would you give me?
1: I I would trust myself to give you a
0: tattoo. Okay. It's have to be a big tattoo?
1: i uh, it says large tattoo, yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay. I want you to give me a tattoo that's just a line down my spine. <laughs> Something that's real hard to fuck up.
1: Yeah, 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 right. I feel like it would be I wouldn't get it very straight. That's and on fine. your spine is probably pretty like probably pretty fucking painful, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> 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 pretty fucking painful, yeah. Hmm. yeah all right well i'm gonna give That's- you an incredibly you can give me a colonoscopy if you want
0: <laughs> i'd line down my spine and now they think it's very sexual as well it's very mm-hmm. like hell- it's pointing at your
1: butt so that when you when your next co-host has to give you a colonoscopy they know where to do it yeah, get- exactly <laughs>